What's up, everyone? If you were wondering how I've done this podcast, it's based off the Anchor. All you have to do is unload the Anchor app. And even better, guys, it's free. You could also possibly be getting paid to do this. I mean, all you got to do is just download the app. Speak your mind. If you ever dreamed of making a podcast or just anything, let your voice be heard. You can also be known on Spotify, Apple, or anything download. Just go on the Anchor app. What's up, everyone? Thank y'all for joining me with Buzzing with Marlo. I am one and only Warren Marlo. All right, guys. I hope everyone is going to have a good day. It is Friday. My motivational for you today is get up, get dressed, get you a good breakfast, get your coffee in, and get your blood flowing. Might even drink a little water because it's going to be hot today. If you live in Florida, it is going to be hot, 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 like red hot chili pepper hot. So drink your little water. Actually, I encourage you to drink water before everything that day after you wake up go drink up a half a glass of just room temperature water telling y'all y'all will thank me for this um it gets your blood flowing gets you red up and going helps your digestion a little bit better but then you put your coffee put your food in your body and be ready to conquer this day uh weekend is almost ahead of us guys if you live in florida or if you live in any hot area Something to look forward to this weekend. You can go to the beach, stuff like that. Also, a shout out to all the ladies out there that have kids or have the little baby boys and stuff like that or baby girls because it is Mother's Day, ladies and gentlemen. So we are going to honor the mothers out there on Sunday. Uh, big shout out to all of them because y'all definitely deserve this day. Literally. I would never deny that one bit. Mothers are a true vessel in life, in my opinion. Uh, with me being a mama's boy, I'm not going to deny it, and I ain't going to lie about it. I'm a huge mama's boy. My mama's basically been there for me from day one all the way till now. Um, still, my mom is still my best friend. So, obviously, I'm going to do something nice for my mom um, and my wife. Uh, she's She's been a very, very helpful thing for me for a long time, especially with our kids it's hard to manage it by yourself so obviously you need that other person to help you with it and it's basically a team team effort so obviously i'm going to do something nice for my wife and my mom and my grandmas and stuff like that like everyone that i know deserve that for that day so shout out to all y'all for mother's day um a little bit about what's going on today guys my my guest I use the terminology, you want to be the hardest worker in the room. I know it is a catchphrase from I call the GOAT, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Also, just had a birthday uh, this week. So, happy late birthday to the great one. Yeah, man. Fan of me still. Fan of me, definitely. All about The Rock. Uh, (laughs) 
But um, we use the terminology, the hardest worker in the room. Uh, I think I can give the title to my guest today. Uh, my guest's name is Jeremy, Jimmy Kim. Um, he lives in Toronto. Uh, he owns a fitness complex right now. And it's called Remix My Fitness. Uh, definitely is going to be really the big detail going on into this today. Because for sure, guys, y'all are going to learn some things out of this. Because the stuff we're going to discuss. Um, Jimmy, he has been working since he was nine years old. Nine years old, ladies and gentlemen. Nine years old. Working in a convenience store owned by his parents. Uh, I think it was, it was either his parents or his grandparents. And um, basically learned from the ground up all the way. Knowing how to basically provide for family, work ethic, be a hard worker. Coming out of school and literally just going to work in a convenience store. Not playing sports, not hanging out with all of his friends because he had to work at the convenience store. Um, not only that, y'all, Jimmy, literally, there's so many accolades this guy has, so many different jobs this guy has. We're going to discuss all of them. We're going to talk about what helps him get in that mindset to do all this. Like, what does he think of it now? Um, what is he doing now due to COVID now going on? And, I, and we're going to talk about what was his tricks on losing weight because Jimmy was up to 280 pounds, 280 pounds. And he wanted to make a stand at 25 years old. He made a stand saying, you know what? I'm going to make a change. And Jimmy started a fitness thing. He had his first studio and we're going to talk about how that was. We're going to talk about the experiences that he had with that. Um, what is his highly recommended type of workouts he likes to do? And lastly, I really wanted to talk about Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, um, aka what we call in America, obviously UFC, mixed martial arts, and all that stuff. We're gonna talk a really a good part about that and what how was that very marquee for Jimmy. Um, I'm not gonna waste any more time, guys. So when we come back, y'all, we will be joined with Jimmy Kim. All right, I want to give a major shout out to KC Graphics. Um, they literally are phenomenal. I just had them do my Wild Boys flags for upcoming for Panama. Uh, phenomenal look. They did such a great job, detailed everything. And not only do they do flags, guys, they do backpacks, uniforms, wedding invitations, pictures, you name it. If you want it, they will make it. Uh, they will not disappoint you. And if you need to get a hold of them check them out on facebook and instagram at kc graphics design uh, that is kc graphics design i'm telling y'all y'all will not be disappointed uh they do phenomenal check them out kc graphics i'm doing with jimmy kim how you doing man not too bad man how you doing can you hear me okay oh yeah i can hear you perfect how about me? You hear me good? Yeah, I can hear you good. Just give me one. Let me see if I can hear you out of this. Uh, yeah, no, I, I can hear you good, man. I can hear you good. Hey, man, how are you doing today? I'm doing not too bad, man. Not too bad. Um, you know, it's uh, always a crazy morning. I got, I got two kids, so uh, I, <laughs> I, I see that you got a couple yourself. So you, you know what I'm talking about, right? <laughs> oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
both of them are still actually my son just woke up luckily my daughter is still asleep so it yeah. should go smoothly that's why i usually when i schedule reports i like either i'm gonna do it during nighttime afternoon time or early morning so i know for a fact it's gonna be noise free for a while <laughs> no i hear you man <laughs> yeah. so i mean i just popped a nice little zoa energy and and ready to go all right. all right jimmy tell me a little bit about yourself man <clears throat> Uh, a little bit about myself. So I'm from uh, Toronto, Canada. Uh, I don't know how much you guys know about Toronto, Canada, in the states, uh, but it uh, it gets cold here. But the summers here are um, are beautiful, man. Um, you know, beautiful people, uh, the fellas, the women out there. You know, so it's uh, it's always a good time. So it's something that we always wait for, and uh, it's kind of creeping up on us right now. Um, I was born and raised here, and. Uh, yeah, you know, my, my parents are my parents were immigrants. They came to Canada in the '80s um, to study, do all that stuff, um, and then they had me. And uh, you know, despite my, me asking my mom all the time, I was like, "Was I a mistake? Was I an accident?" She was like, "No, no, no. You were planned. You were planned. Uh, you were planned." Uh, even though I was in sec- second year <laughs> college, you were you were planned though. <laughs> so, yeah, I love how you say that one because my mom. She was very young when she had me, so obviously I was kind of the oh that that wasn't supposed to happen ordeal, but I was the first one too, so I was even funnier. So I love how you asked that. No, I ask her all the time. You know, she's like, no, no, no. You know, it's it's very like uh, you know uh, you know um, um for for all listeners out there, they can't they can't see me, but I'm 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 Korean, so I'm Asian, so for for like for them, it's it's very like oh accidents like that don't happen, you know things like that. So, but. uh but you know, as as she said, I'm I'm no accident. <laughs> so they they bailed out of school. Uh, they uh, they had to they had to start working right away. So they you know they were working in. Um, I think their first gig was like at a fruit fruit and vegetable store, uh, just man managing that that shop with uh, my mom and my pops. And um, so, well, you know, I was young, and they both had to work all the time. So I was actually raised by um, you know they would leave me with a family from Wales that they met. Um, they met the men in the hospital. This lovely, they were, uh, you know, I called my grandma, and my grandfather, um, nine and tied, uh, rest in peace. And they, they are the ones that kind of really raised me from from zero to I was about five, six. And, and you know, my sister came along. They raised us both. But you know, I spent majority of my time there as my parents had to work from like six a.m. to 12, 12 a.m. You know, those those late, late hour shifts. So I grew up, um, I grew up a little bit different than my sister and probably my, a lot of my Asian counterparts out there and i grew up on like steak and potatoes and green beans and tomatoes all that kind of stuff i used to go to the, to go to the garden with my with my grandfather and uh and we picked those things so when i come home when it's time to come home and you know to eat like rice and like kimchi and like all this, i was like not you not really used to that kind of stuff um and so it was, yeah. it was something that uh <laughs> something a moment of like, contention with my parents my parents were like korean you, you got to eat this food and i was like well I don't, I don't really feel like eating it it's not it's not something that i was really like raised <laughs> off of you know as funny as funny as that sounds so um yeah, yeah. so you know it did that but you know you know life was um i don't want to say like it's hard but you know it's the immigrant life my parents didn't speak much english i'm trying to adjust uh you, you know trying to help them and and me and uh, you know, kind of how we met was, you know, through Facebook. And I had mentioned, you know, I started working when I was nine um, years old. My mom just hates it when I tell the story. But it's true. You know, we, they 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 were they were trying to level up. So they decided, OK, you know what, we'll, you know, move move out of here. And, 
you know, we wanted you, my mom was taking care of the lotto booth at a subway station and my dad was running a mm-hmm. convenience store somewhere else. And they were just both trying to hustle and, you know, trying to level up and trying to provide a better life for us. But uh, that also meant that we had to pitch and help out too. We didn't have babysitters or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I would go visit my mom with my sister. I was probably only like four or five at the time. We'd be in this tiny little lotto booth and, you know, of course, there's nothing to do. So, you know, I want to press all these buttons and, you know, sell the, I see all this cash being handled. And, you know, bit by bit, my mom's like, all right, why don't you, why don't you press these buttons? Why don't you give them the lotto ticket and things like that? And, um, you know, that's that's my first my first taste of work. And it has never stopped ever since then. Because from there, I upgraded to working at my dad's store. And then, you know, I was working at my parents' store for, <laughs> like, their number one helper, their only helper. Um, from for like 14, like 12, 14 to all the way to like 27 until they, until they, uh, uh, you know, sold off their last shop, things like that. But, uh, you know, in terms of like weekends and things like that, I didn't really have much of like, I, I spent my Friday, Saturday, Sundays at the store. So when my parents could, could rest and I was like resented them for that. And I was like, oh man, like my friends are having fun. They get to, you know, play sports and things like that. But, you know, I'm stuck here in, in these like four walls selling you know, selling cigarettes and, you know, lotto tickets and things like that. And not realizing at the time, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm trying to help my folks. So, so yeah. So it's, when I think about that time, you know, there's a show here, uh, I don't know if it's out in the States, but there's a show here in Canada called Kim's convenience. And it's basically about a family, a Korean family who run a convenience store and you know what their lives like. And I, 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 you know, all my friends, they always say, you know, even my, my other Korean friends who used to, you know, live the same life as, as we did. They're like, you got to check it out. You got to check it out. But I, I can't. I can't. I've never watched an episode of the show. I, I uh, it, would, it would bring back <laughs> it bring back too many memories, some guilt, you know, all that stuff. Because knowing what I would know, knowing what I know now and, you know, running my own business now, it's um, I would have done things so differently. You know, but of course, hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Oh, yeah. Uh I love how you said that, man, because that just tells you, like, you know, you know all the aspects of how hard work is. And and I love how you said, basically, you basically, you worked a family business for so long. Like, literally, like, you didn't really get to play with friends or do all that, but you actually learned what the, the word terminology, what I, I hope no one tries to eye gouge me listening to this when i say but most people don't understand what real hard work is nowadays no that's true it's uh my parents are one of the hardest working people out there you know my dad uh no breaks 365 365 days of the year christmas new year's eve thanksgiving all that stuff he would go and open the store just a little bit just in case you know he was like oh well you know the grocery stores are all the big chains they're all closed today you know back in the day they all kind of closed so he's like, somebody might need bread. Somebody might need milk. And, you know, this this could be like a good day for us. So he just, you know, we just tell him to take a break. You know, he always complain how tired he was, but he, he would never he would never take a break. That's not that was not really uh, in him to to do. Um, but for me, it's like you're absolutely right. It's it's the hard work. And even though I resented that that time, you know, from from nine years old till, you know, I was working at the government. I started working at the government when I was 20 years old and I'm still at my parents' convenience store on a Saturday, Sunday. And even even in my 20s, I still was like, oh my God, I can't believe I'm still doing this right now, still helping my parents. You know, but I, like I said, knowing what I know now, man, even in my, in my 20s, I was like, oh, I could have helped them out so much. Could have helped them out so much. Um, but 
the one value that I got from it was I have I have spoken to hundreds, probably thousands of people in my lifetime, you know, from nine years old to 27. Um, you know, just that that experience is something that you 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 can't find at school. That's something that's an experience you can't you don't get like I'm a nine year old, 12 year old, 14 year old, 16 year old talking to adults. And my parents were very big on customer service. Right. They treat a customer like a king, a queen, and they'll come back. It's, it's all about the loyalty of it. It's, it's not really like the store across the street sells the exact same things we sell. And in fact, they sell it 10, 10, 15 cents cheaper. But, you know, why, why do people come see me? And it is very true. It's very true. You know, it's, it, and I'll tell you what a small world it is. Small world. I started working at the government when I was 21 years old. And throughout that time, I was throughout that 10 year, sorry, throughout that 11 year career, I was working there. This lady like comes up to me and she's like, I know you from somewhere. And I was like, I know it. I'm like, I'm not, I don't, I, don't, I can't remember if we met. And she was a, she was a fellow coworker of mine. She's like, she's like, you know, we've been working together for years. And she's like, she's like, you know, I've been thinking, I've been thinking, I know you from somewhere. And then she's like, she's like, you know what? She's like, you used to wear a Raptors hat at a store and I used to smoke with your dad. And she's like, and she gave the intersection of where the store was. And I was like, oh my God, that's where, that's where we're at. And she described my dad how it is. And, and the very first thing she was, I love your parents. Your parents are amazing. Right. And that's a common thing that I will always used to hear when I was at my parents' store, like, Oh, where are your parents? I'm like, no, they're not here. They're like, Oh man, they're beautiful people. They're amazing people. And, and you know, so that's something that maybe didn't stick with me at that time. But when I, when I run my businesses now, that is something that, um, you know, I strive for all the time. I, I, I love how you use that. I always use the metaphor because I mean, with, with the background I used to do, I used to do professional wrestling. Like, obviously, I didn't wrestle in the WWE or the big-time leagues, what we like to call. But the one thing that kept me going is when you actually got to meet the fans. And some of these kids would just tell you what you've done for them. And it's, like, crazy to believe, like, when you kept doing it for so long, you don't – you kind of forget what – what's the meaning of it sometimes? Cause I mean, you, it's just a regular thing. It's just like, oh, okay, I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go do this. I'm going to win this match or lose it, whatever. And it's like, it really does affect people. Like you don't know what their jobs are outside of it. And they come to see these shows to escape from their reality. And it's crazy just to see what effects you do for it. And this is one thing I've told everyone before, even Bad guy, good guy, whatever you want to say. The only thing you got to show is professionalism. If you show professionalism, people will show up. It doesn't matter what you act outside the ring, in the ring, or whatever. If you show professionalism, it draws the people to come back to see you. And like I've told people all the time, it, it all the, the easiest thing to do to build a business is be nice. And that's the biggest thing I would tell people that would change in so many ways because I've seen results numerous times where people are being nice compared to people being complete <laughs> idiots or stuff like that. So I love how you said with that. Um, Jimmy, tell me a little bit about the business that you're running sure. now. So the business that I'm running now, so I've always I've always been wanting to I've always wanted to be an entrepreneur without even knowing that I wanted to do it. You know, as I mentioned, I worked at the government very early. I got right out of, right out of school I started working for for the attorney general's office. And, um, 
you know, I, I built a career there, all that stuff like that. But I was also creeping up on on my weight as well. I was about like 280 pounds or so. And, you know, I was doing all that kind of stuff. Like I was into like like yourself. I wasn't into professional wrestling, but I was into like amateur wrestling, judo, martial arts, all that. Stuff. I did all that. And I was and being a fat guy. I was always interested in like how to lose how to lose weight. And then finally, it just kind of clicked. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I need to I need to do something with my life. And before I can do anything. You know, I want to make, of course, I want to make money. I want to be successful. And just kind of like what you were saying, right? Like if you put your emphasis on like those things, it's, it's going to be hard for you to kind of level up. So I thought, why don't I focus on myself? And, um, you know, I started, I started taking my, taking my exercise and taking my nutrition a little bit more, um, uh, a little bit more seriously. And I started losing weight. And next thing you know, uh, people are asking me, how are you losing this weight? I'm I'm giving the information for free, and then I was like, "Why don't I do it for like ten dollars an hour, and then twenty dollars an hour, and then my book or my appointment started to kind of grow." So I was training in the morning, training in the evening, and working in the government in, in the daytime. And then finally, I was like, "You know what?" I told my wife, "I was like, should I should I just make the jump for it? Should I, should I just do it?" And she's like, "Just do it." So I, I opened a fitness business, uh, training people. You know, started off with home training, then started off with like doing uh and I built my own studio and I had that for four years. And I'll be honest, I absolutely hated owning a studio. That was probably the, <laughs> the worst thing I could have I could have done it was four years of just like just massive grinding. Uh, and then finally, I lucked out into, you know, working out and doing corporate fitness programs and, you know, going to these companies and they had gyms set up, things like that. And I was like, wow, you're going to pay me? to come to your office and manage all this stuff for you. I was like, let's, mm-hmm. let's do that. I don't got to pay rent. I was like, that's crazy. I was like, let's. It's amazing. Yeah. I will tell you, it's amazing. So, you know, I, uh, I started doing that and, you know, I even moved closer to where all the offices I was, I was handling, you know, a couple of years ago and then or not a couple of years ago last year. And, you know, of course, you know, COVID happened and I was like, oh man, what am I going to do? It's like, I have, you know, I got two kids. I got my wife, you know, like, what are we, what are we going to do? And, uh, so I quickly just changed everything over to a virtual and, uh, you know, over the, over the years, uh, not over the years, over the, over the months, Remix My Fitness has actually kind of grown and we're out in the States now we're outside of Canada and, uh, we have a couple of programs going on in San Fran and, uh, you know, it's been, it's been good. You know, I can't, uh, I can't complain. I've been, you know, blessed, uh, to be able to still working because it was either this was going to work or I had two other jobs lined up, which was one to work at a convenience store. Which would have which would have sent my mom to the grave, but you know it was an option downstairs where I lived. There's a corner store over here that offered me a gig, and then it was demolition work at my buddy's mm-hmm. place. Um, so those those are the two things. If this, I already had two things lined up. If this wasn't going to work out, hey, I love it. That that's pretty cool, man. <laughs> you know, I've I've been hot but hustling. I was about to ask you about the fitness ordeal. Like what? So I love how you use that as aspirations when you said okay. You started giving tips out for free, and then you went up to $10, and then you basically just kept adding up more and more every time. Um, what got you to actually want to do that? I get the fact that you were a bigger guy and stuff like that, and you started saying, hey, I want to make a change, whatever. But what really gave you that mindset to be like, you know what? I'm tired of what I'm doing now to make it's time for a change and I'm going to do whatever I have to do to do this change. Because one thing I want to ask you on that is because so many people have this mindset now. And I know within Toronto, Canada, y'all are way more nicer than <laughs> no, most thank you. people in the United States. I, 
I man, let me tell you, like I done wrestling for six years and stuff like that, and the most nicest people I've ever met were Canadians, and like I've actually gotten to see some Canadians. So I mean, I'll be real, man. There ain't never met more than four Canadians <laughs> in my life that have been in professional wrestling. Like they eat, sleep, and live professional yeah. wrestling. Like I tell people all the time, like. If they're from Canada or whatever, nine times out of ten, they're gonna probably make something. Oh, nice! Out of this. Like they're gonna be good experience or something out of this. Like that is just their sport that <laughs> there's no way that they can't succeed in in some ways. Like it's just somewhere ways on that. But I, I just want to know, like, because so many people have those mindsets. They look at themselves like, like on New Year's Eve. Nine times out of ten, their New Year's Eve revolution is I'm going to go lose weight. So they go and make a gym membership, whatever, and not even a month in, they're like, yeah, I'm throwing this out. I'm done. I ain't doing this. I ain't sweating. I ain't doing no, no. – you you got me doing what? Uh-uh. No. Not, not, not. Like what made you actually want to make that change? Well, uh, it's, it's um, you know, it's, it's literally one incident, which was I think it was – 25 or so and and it was like this day that at at work where you had to figure out our pensions and when we can retire and we had to you know you know it was like a seminar all this and that and at the end of it you know you you get to plug in all these numbers and you can find out when you can retire you know with like your pension and all that stuff like that and when i calculated mine you know i'm I'm like 24 25 at the time and my number came up and my I, i could have retired at the age of 53 years old you know with all that stuff things like that. And I remember every, all the other, you know, all, all the other OGs and, you know, I call them OGs, people who work at the government, because people don't really leave their jobs at the government, you know, kind of just stay where they're at. And people have been there for like 20, 25 years and they're huddled around me and they're like cheering, like, Jimmy, that's amazing. And like at 53, you would retire and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, with a full pension. And, and I was the only one like not happy about it. I was like 53. I was like, I got to be here for another like 28 years. I was like, whoa. I was like, we're like this surrounding this. I'm like, and what I was most envious of was I was most envious with of how happy these people were. Like they they dreamt of being here. And I was like, you know what? I want that. There is nothing wrong with working at the government. It's a great job. It was a great gig. I just realized like it wasn't for me and I didn't want to spend another 25 years there. And I was like, I got to do something else. So this job pays well. It has a lot of benefits. So if I better be doing something that is going to be somewhat equivalent or, you know, I is, is coming towards that. So I was striving f- to be happy as the people who were happy for me. And I was like, I want that. It's just this is not going to give me that. And that's how it all started. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, man. That, that's awesome. Because that shows how dedicated you were gonna do this and i like how you got mad when you say i'm 53 like i'd probably been the same major like look man I, i'm i'm going for like 40 like well let's let's try to hit this 40 yeah. yard mark you know not not 56 or something like that i was like literally where you're sitting there thinking like yeah i can retire at that age but yeah. what really can i do around that time like really like what uh, what can i really do at this age when, okay i retire and it's like Okay, but what if I'm sick or whatever? Whatever is going around in the world, what whatever new <laughs> virus or whatever can be going on in that generation. Like I tell people all the time, 
this mask era right now, I was like, this is the most craziest <laughs> thing I've ever experienced, ever. Like, where you have to go around, walk around with masks now, and, and we're being told, hey, you got to get this vaccine shot to basically cure yourself from sickness. And I'm just sitting there thinking, like, if we're so dedicated on trying to cure this virus, the coronavirus, or whatever we want to call this thing, why is there not a shot or anything mm-hmm. to help cure cancer? Like, what's the main motives on some of this stuff like that? And I'm just sitting there, and I look back and realize, like, man, we're really blindsided on most aspects of what we want in life. And I and that just tells you, like, you were ready for a change. You were ready to for something different, and you knew something, hey, this might not be the mark that I want to do at first, but you know what? I'm going to do whatever it takes to, to do this because this is what you believed in and stuff like that. So that's pretty awesome. All right, so now we're going to talk a little bit. So how big – your first year when you first started your gym ordeal, I know you said you did not like owning the studio ordeal at all. And um, I've heard in Canada, it's a lot easier some ways to do that. In the United States, it's literally bloody Mary in, in ways like <laughs> I used to do a personal training ordeal where I, I worked for a gym. So you charge clients all you want, but you had to pay about a good 10 to 15 percent back to that gym. So when you calculate it all back up, and you're like, dang, that's what I made today. <laughs> that was funny. It was just like, okay, now I need to get my own ordeal. And then you just see how much expensive yeah. it could be on ways. And it's just like, man, is it really worth it in times? Like sometimes it's just like, you look, you're going to have to work from your hardest to get yourself up to where you get all those top uh, trainers and stuff like that. So what was what was your first experience like when you first started running your own gym and everything like that? Like, what was the most toughest oh, man, thing was, to do? It was terrible. <laughs> it was the, the first year I was I had my own studio <laughs> for four years, and the first year was the worst. Was uh, mm-hmm. you know, one thing I had to mention, which is, you know, as I was as I was leaving, as I was exiting my government gig, um, my wife told me that she was pregnant with our with our first kid, and I actually had a little window where I could go back and I can, I can, I can, I can ask to come back to, to work to, to the, to my government gig. So I was sitting there contemplating, you know, I had left, it's been a week and I was happy. And then she tells me she's pregnant and all of a sudden I'm thinking, Oh my God, I'm like, how am I going to, how am I going to support everybody? I just left my gig. I got, I got, you know, some work. Um, so the one thing that she told me that I'll never forget was you know, when I was asking her, what should I do? She said, look, if you're happy, we're happy. And that's a model that we continuously live by here in, in our home. You know, as long as like I'm happy, if she's happy, if the kids are happy, then we, we are all happy. And, you know, whether we have something, whether we don't. So she's like, it's fine. But I'll tell you, I was very unhappy that year because I built this studio, put in every dollar that I had. I, I, you know, um, I was doing other side gigs as well to try to pay for the pay for the studio. And um, we had our worst and still probably the worst winter storm that we've ever had, um, you know, for for years. It was it was crazy cold. Like I couldn't get anybody to come in. There would be so many days where just the studio would be just empty, like empty. And I got this baby here now and I'm, I'm, I'm struggling. It was, it was a massive struggle, but 
I stayed, I stayed in it. I stayed in that first year. I met a couple cool clients um, who then introduced me to other their friends and family. I was able to kind of grow, and it was actually the first business that I that I closed that was actually profitable. It's just the hours were just too much, man. Like I would be working from six a.m. till yeah. like nine p.m. You know, and of course I rent out the studio. It wasn't a, it wasn't a very large place, and I specialized in kettlebell training as well. So it was a kettlebell studio. So it was just lined up with kettlebells, mats. Um, is it easier than the States? I don't know, man. I don't know if it's easier. We pay, like, you know, what you were saying about paying 10, 15% to the gym. That's actually very reasonable because if you work for a big chain over here, they'll charge the client like 90 bucks, 100 bucks. But a trainer's take home is anywhere between 15 to 25 bucks out of that 100. So, yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. I- I agree with on that, but like this was my first year when I first started training with the gym, and like I only had like the mediocre uh, personal uh-huh. personal location, whatever. So it was like, so the certification I had at first was just like, okay, you're there, but you're not like yeah. it's like a a mini one. It wasn't like the NASM or the Big Daddy one where everybody could go, and that's what actually made me realize you're like, you know what. I got to go for this one. Like I got right. the small one just to start up and everything. And I realized I was only going to be able to just be qualified for a little bit of gyms. And I was like, uh-uh, I got to get, I got to get this one. And when I got it, I was still working with the gym that I was working with, but it was like, but like how you said, but we, mm. we charged them based off of by a day and I would charge them say like $30 a day. So it'd be like uh-huh. an hour, $30. But that 10, 15 percent of that thirty dollars, so you're basically thinking maybe uh I'd I'd say maybe I get like five or six. It was like based off of seasons yeah. too, because I live in Florida. So Florida is like pretty nice and hot. And you got you get those, oh, I need to change my body once because right. you know, summertime's coming. We <laughs> gotta fit in a bathing suit. There there's no if and or but. So I tell people all the time, like, this is actually the easier state to get some of that stuff to because it's like, you know, people are going to want to change to get in a bathing suit. You know, somebody's going to be wanting to go to a beach or wherever's going on. You want them that they're going to want to change something. So it's like I took advantage of some of that. And also it was like a senior area, like because I lived over close to like where basically retirement land is. And it was like you could train so many different type of people. And I mean, some of them would pay way more than <laughs> those what I was good, asking right? for. And so, it was like, oh yeah, that was like my second year in, and it was just like, but man, I could go on all day about yeah the type of clients I had, man. Like some of the people was just like, because I used to, because the one thing I did before I started all that, I would read so many books mm-hmm. on like what's the body work, what what trains and stuff like that. Like I knew what resistance bands were before anybody really freaking realized, Hey, you could do this and work out with it. And, okay. and it felt like dumbbells and stuff like that. And I, and I would used to do it with, um, gosh, what are those things called? They were like some cables, but they weren't like the full on elastic, like how the resistant bands are. And I would use those and I would basically, I would have clients, they would look <laughs> at me retarded when I would give them like a broomstick. And like where they would stretch their, because what I used to do, I used to not teach them how to do weight their first day. And right. they absolutely hated me for it. Like one of them was like telling me, 
hey, I want to gain this amount of weight. I want to lose what I have here, and I want to be able to lift twice my body weight. And I was like, have you ever squatted before? No. Have you ever benched before? No. And I'm like, okay. So, and I told them, okay, we're going to work on legs today. And they're like, good. So they were going to walk over to the bench bar. And I was like, what are you doing? He's like, we're about to go do legs, right? I was like, no. So I got him the big old ball. <laughs> he got so mad at me. I put it right over by his, uh, his lat area. And I told him, I said, I want you to squat down on the wall. And when that ball hits the top part almost to your neck, that's where you'll stop at. And I want you to hold for two seconds and then pop back up. He's like, this ain't doing nothing for me. I was like, try it out. I guarantee you'll do good. And, like, as much as he was mad at me about it, and we kept doing it nonstop. And he was like, this is stupid. I was like, but how's your legs feel? He's like, <laughs> feels like I'm lifting a 1,000 pounds. Like, it was so funny. Like, it he was getting so mad at me and just how the questions he was asking me and stuff. I'm just sitting there. I'm like, trust me, you're going to do good. You keep going. And like, he got so frustrated because I did it for two days straight with him. And he was just like, look, man, if I want to learn how to lift under the bar. And I was like, okay. So I let him go under the bar. He lifted more than his body weight and his form was really good just right off the rip because of, he right, was right. used to that stupid ball back and forth. And I told him, I was like, look, if you ain't able to get this, you're going back to that ball. And he <laughs> was like, uh-uh, you ain't putting me back on that ball. Like, he, like he, he got it perfectly up and down. The legs were like as a four shape. Like, it, it was crazy just to see how quick your body, because you're so used to that movement. And I was never used to kettlebells for a long time. And I'm still slowly getting into it now because obviously – your body changes when you get older and stuff like that. And um, I'll say this, kettlebells, <laughs> they, <laughs> they can be rough. They definitely can be rough <laughs> on the forearms, you know, the hands. But, you know, I, I started kettlebells just because, you know, oh, I was yeah. doing like uh, – oh, I, I'm not doing I, – I still do. I still do jiu-jitsu, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu myself. And uh, I was just looking for another way to train. And, like, you know, I never thought that that would be like a business that would be getting into, like the business of kettlebells and the kettlebell training and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, even my logo, Remix by Fitness, has a kettlebell, you know, on top of, like, turntables. And, you know, it's uh, it, it's uh, it's been – for me, it's, like, it's amazing. And, like, I'm still – like, now I'm teaching kettlebells virtually. You know, and uh, it's it's insane. It's insane now, like, what, what, what you can do. Like, I never – you asked me, like, 10 years ago when I started this, like, this is where I would, this is where I would get to. I'd have no idea, you know, and um, the, you know, kind of, kind of go back to the other question about businesses and things like that. You know, this is, as I, as I was doing this and I wanted to get into the digital age of things, you know, I started my podcast, the Remix My Fitness podcast, and um, I didn't think much of it. I just thought it'd be just for me. And, you know, you know, one of my listeners, you know, you know, gives me, uh, gives me a, gives me a shout through an email saying, Hey, you know, I want to start a podcast too. And your sounds really nice. Um, you know, how did you get started? And I, you know, we started a conversation and then next thing you know, he's asking me like, Hey, do you think you could, uh, produce the show? And I'd be like, produce the show. I'm like, all right, I could produce the show for you. And then next thing you know, he's like, could you co-host the show with me? And his show is talking about health technology on like some next level. Right. And I'm like, I don't know anything about health technology. And he's like, oh, I'm sure you'll do great. So next thing you know, I'm I'm doing I'm, I'm like producing, I'm co-hosting the show for the CEO of this uh, health tech company, which then leads to 
another person asking him about how do you produce your podcast? And he says, you got to talk to this guy, Jimmy. And that led to another conversation uh, with somebody else who owns like a dental technology company. And I'm like, I don't know anything about dental tech. And he's like, I'm sure you'll figure it out just fine. And, you know, it, it, things have been just kind of growing organically like that, which, again, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for, thankful for. But, you know, when I started my podcast two years ago, I, I didn't think this is what I would be doing. They seems like they just keep throwing. Yeah, I'm more, up for it. Uh, I'm up for you know buddy. in my in my Facebook post how we connected. I said you know uh, a person. I read somewhere that a person has you know at least seven careers in their life, and for me, I've I've had six already, and I have worked at a convenience store. I have taught uh, you know fitness, working at the government. I used to be a cook at my parent. My parents used to own a a restaurant as well, so I was a cook, dishwasher, a cook at their restaurant uh, to pay for school. I needed some extra cash. So my buddy and I, DJ Riz, and I was MC Kim, and we would do parties. We'd do banquet hall jams. We'd make mix CDs. We'd sell them at flea markets. We would we'd get this all done up, and that's what paid for my four years of school, just hustling like that, working at the store, doing this. I had a, I had a retail job doing selling shoes, working at the government to this. You know, it's um, – I think for me, like, this is, this is what I really live for. Like, I, I, I enjoy – doing all kinds of different things and i want to be able to experience all and for me it's like if the world came crashing down i would i would um i know i would do fine i, I know i could do everything and anything i've done it all and uh you know in my in my spare time these days because of because of the lockdown um i've been practicing cutting my cutting my kids hair and i was thinking like oh man i wonder if i could do something like this my, my, my wife's side their entire family from father to aunts on both sides they're all hairstylists so her mom also a hairstylist and i was thinking oh man i was like mom is it could you show me how to use clippers and i started clipping and then you know it's uh she, like over the over the couple months I was, she's like you she, she's like you're getting good you like you like, you actually can fade better than i can and uh i was thinking like oh man if if i don't do this personal training thing anymore if i don't do this pod, podcasting anymore i wonder if i could i wonder if i could do like a barbershop thing and uh you know my wheels my wheels are always turning which you know aggravates my wife yeah you could be the only. You could be the only. <laughs> hey, you know what's funny? You know what's funny? <laughs> if you 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 mentioned that my my studio, I was sharing the space with a hair salon. You believe that? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I actually believe that really well because I mean, most of the studio areas and stuff like that out here and stuff would either be that or. Kind of yeah. like a rental place, like a warehouse type, so like like a rental thing or something like that, like where furnitures and stuff like that, and you just rent it out. And so that's pretty cool how you just said y'all basically shared a hair salon with basically a fitness. Yeah, area. you know so that's pretty cool, man. That, I have never heard of a gym that had a haircut salon, so that would definitely it, it be was a, it was, but you know the thing was like gig. I was subleasing the space. The hair salon was so large, right? So they're just like, oh, you can you can take you can take the back space of it. Yeah. It was an odd vibes. I'll, I'll be honest. It was kind of like an odd vibes. I was like, but what was I think what was cool was like we the the place that I was renting the studio is and where the hair salon was like a very like it was a very like chill spot. You know, they had like very like a lot of alternative places where you could eat and drink and and party and like a lot of underground kind of spots. So it was funny that that's kind of like what kind of like what helps people like oh yeah you got to go see see jimmy he's uh you know he's behind this hair salon people like what all right that sounds cool (laughs) they're like we're gonna swing what 
we're gonna say we're gonna swing cowbells. I'm like, no, no, the kettlebells. They're like, oh yeah, 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 cowbells. I'm like, all right, fine, cow. So let's swing these cowbells around. So. <laughs> Yeah, I get that all I even now. It's just kind of like, and maybe it's just like they just rolls off their tongue better, but they're just always like cowbells. Yeah, those cowbells. I'm like, oh man. It's like, should I, should I, should I correct them? Oh man, yeah, a yeah. big difference. There is no way you can't you can't use that terminology. That's where you like. You know what? You go. Yeah, take that cowbell right now, and you tell me if you mispronounce it after this workout. Like that, that would be the thing. You'd be like. We'll call that the cowbell workout. Yeah, you know I can't see you won't say cowbell after it. that. Like, that's crazy. That's crazy, man. That's awesome. Um, Jimmy, you yeah. mentioned about Brazilian jiu-jitsu. How'd you get into that? And talk about oh, sure. some of the experiences you've had with that. I've been trying to find stuff like that for numerous times. And obviously now in the United States. Oh, is it? That is the new it thing. But that thing has been going out for a long time, a very long time. And it's crazy to believe now in the United States and stuff how big yeah. it, it is now, where we got the UFC. And a lot of people are just like, just eye open and like, oh my gosh, moments when they watch the UFC now. Because obviously in the US, we're, I don't know how to put it anymore. Because I mean, UFC has been going on for a long, long time. Obviously, in the new Japan area and stuff like that. So it's like, this is nothing been new, but it's new to us. Uh, well, you know, for me, it's like uh, I was I was always into martial arts. I love martial arts. Started off with Taekwondo when I was younger and did that for many, many, many years. But um, I always told my mom I wanted to like box. Like I was always into like boxing. I loved boxing. And she's like, okay, well, she's like, I'm not going to pay for boxing. So you got to make your own money if you want to do your own boxing. So I did boxing. And then I was like, you know, I miss kicking. So when I started doing Muay Thai and I competed in all this stuff, Taekwondo, boxing, Muay Thai, all on the amateur level. And then one day I was looking around the gym and I was probably like 23, 24, you know, at that at that time when I was like looking for a change of all kinds of things. And at the Muay Thai gym, there was these guys in these pajamas looking things. And, you know, they were I was familiar with jiu-jitsu because I was super into the UFC. And, you know, I loved uh, you talk about professional wrestling in, in Toronto. We we love our professional wrestling here. Uh, so it was like familiar. I was like, oh, OK. But, you know, I was like, that looks kind of odd to me, you know, to do to be like strangled and smothered by another grown man. And uh, but it's true, though. Right. And like I had like the, the 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 prototypical story, like I go in, I'm like, okay, you want to try this class. And uh, I'm I'm like two, what I was saying, 270, 275. I'm a big dude. I can smother these guys. But they were kicking my butt, man, like on on like some next level. And all this like martial arts training, mm -hmm. all this other boxing, all this training did jack for me. So I was like. I was like, okay, you know what? I should give this a try. Plus, I was looking around. I was like, I was like, I'm getting kicked. I'm getting punched in the face. I'm paying somebody to do this, uh, to do this to me. I ain't gonna be no professional fighter. Let <laughs> let's be, let's be honest. At this point, I'm like 275 and and 24 years old. Like it ain't happening. Like in my mind, I was like, this is for fun. So I switched over and I've been doing I've been doing it ever mm -hmm. since. I it's something that I feel like you can go 100 percent today, and then tomorrow. You can still go 100%. You don't have to worry about like bruises and like, you know, cuts and getting punched and kicked and taking a break or headaches and things like that. And I used to always go to those stupid gyms too. The stupid gyms where like, like nobody would wear like protective gear, right? Like a mouthpiece. And like, I'm the one that has like a headgear and all that stuff like that. But I don't, I don't put it on because I don't see anybody else with it on. 
and I want to be like 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 them, right? I want to be like a tough guy. Mm-hmm. And so, of course, I'm like fighting for free. I'm paying to fight people and with no gear on, right? Like in the gym. I was like, I was like, I look back on it, it's like, so stupid. But this this one, <laughs> but this one over here, like you can do it. Like, yeah, you know, it, it was kind of odd in the beginning. And I loved how like I was really terrible at it because I was like, oh, this is new. Like, this is like totally different. And now it's, I'm going approaching on like 13 years of doing jujitsu. I've, com- mm-hmm. I've competed, um, you know, many times throughout throughout my career, and it's I think one of the most important martial arts for for anybody to know. You know, I you know I I I I I, I hone that to my wife like all the time. She doesn't do it herself, but she will do it with me. And I say, look, this is like the most realistic thing here. Whereas I'm a 200 pound guy, and I'm on top of you. Like, what are you going to do? Now, your chances of getting out from that position are probably still slim, even if I don't know jujitsu. And even if, but at least you have a game plan, right? Like I'm laying on top of you. You have your, maybe you have your legs around me. You don't want to be yeah. in that position or whatever. You have a game plan now to get out of this position. Whereas I've taught, I've taught self defense uh, many times before. And I always ask, and I, it's, it's, it's all women's self defense. I always ask them, like, what, what would you do if I came barreling down at you? What would you do? And, the one amazing surprise that I used to always see was people, they would just lay on their back, right? They would, they would, they see, I would say, okay, I'm running after you. What are you going to do? And they would just like, they would just lay on their back. And I'm like, what are you doing? Like, that's what I want. I, as an attacker, I want you to lay on your back and I'm going to climb on top of you and you have no chance of getting me off. Right. So, you know, learning how to like hipscape, learning how mm-hmm. to bridge and to make, create that space for, for to, to get out, I think is, is so important uh, you know has like you you're 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 a pro wrestler so you know i know you have like you, you know what i'm talking about right like creating that space because once once somebody's on top of you it's it's oh, yeah. it's suffocating right and that's to me is like um you know made mm-hmm. me humble uh made me better it's like a fitness thing a fitness component where i could work out like i said 100 percent. i test myself and the days that i feel like crap and i don't want to work out but i still go to the gym I have no choice but to do what I can, the best that I can that day, because that person on top is trying to choke me, trying to arm bar me, trying to knee bar me. And if I'm going to be lazy about it and just kind of like, oh, whatever, of course I can tap, but it still hurts. It hurts me physically and it hurts my ego. So uh, <laughs> I still try. And, I, you know, it's it, for me, it's uh, I, I love it. I love doing it. I love uh I, I think it's I think it's the best, and I I still do other martial arts to keep things fresh. And right now I'm like thinking like, oh, you know, I want to do something else once COVID COVID is over because jujitsu right now in Toronto, like here in Ontario where we are, we're on we're on we're still on lockdown. Like we, yeah, yeah. I was about to ask you if y'all were still on lockdown because I've had episodes with some people from Toronto, and they were telling me like. And I mean, obviously, they're all open to do podcasts right now because there's really nothing else to do. So it's like, and we sit here in the United States complaining about, oh, we got to wear a mask and stuff like that. I'm like, we got to be thankful for what we got because people outside the United States right now are still on lockdown. They're not joking with this thing. Like people have been shut down for almost a year and almost like it's crazy to see how long y'all have still going on this like has it eased up a little bit no it eased up just like a little bit but like right now okay so we we've been on like lockdown since since boxing since the december 26th so one day after christmas 
they they locked us down. Yeah. And so we have still been locked down. So gyms and salons have not opened up where where we're at since boxing since since December twenty sixth. And you know, jujitsu is not exactly the most uh social distance sport out there, right? So <laughs> I doubt I doubt that's going to uh open up anytime soon, which I, f- I feel bad for. I got friends in the industry. I have f- teammates here in Toronto who f- actually fly down to Florida so they can compete and they, they go to like other, you know, affiliated gyms and things like that. So I see pictures of them training out in Florida. First, the weather is beautiful over there compared to compared to what we got over here. And two, they get to train jujitsu and, and, and compete and things like that. So I'm jealous, man. I'm jealous. Cause uh, it's, you know, it's 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 crazy. It's crazy that we have been locked down this long, and uh, there doesn't seem to be like any 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 end uh, in sight. So, and the and the scariest thing I would say about this whole virus or whatever we want to call it is mm-hmm. the self businesses, the small businesses, like your your gigs that literally are your. I would call them the dream gigs because no one wants to work for anyone. Like if we could all be real with this, we all would love to work for ourselves, like, and be happy where we're at. And it's sad for jobs like this now is like, if you're shut down, you're shut down. There's no way of making money this way. There's no way of figuring it out. So like how you just said, y'all adapted and started doing virtual workouts. But with jujitsu right now, kind of hard to exactly. do that when you need another person to tango type scenario so it's like so um are you able to are so are you only doing virtually kettlebell workouts and just like just workout wise whatever because obviously yeah you know right now that, we're just doing just can't we're, have we're 100 percent all virtual we serve all our all our uh, all our companies virtually we so we serve all our clients virtually um you know, for my own personal fitness, it's been a challenge because I really relied on jujitsu to give me that extra because I'm lifting and showing people how to train every day. And, you know, to take that to kind of, you know, to take that like boredom out of fitness for me would be like, OK, you know, it's kind of hard for me today to, to work out a gym. So let me go. Let me go to jujitsu and, you know, get my get my yeah. butt whooped or do some butt whooping. And, uh, you know, if. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, and like you, you like I said, you work hard. Like, it doesn't matter. Like you decide you, <laughs> as soon as you step on the mats, like you got to work hard. You, you know, because somebody's out to get you. Somebody's out to strangle you, and you know, you you can't you can't half it. But um, it's been hard because like even though I'm I'm training and I'm working even more than before and 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 teaching a lot virtually, I like I have slowly started gaining weight, and I'm like, oh my god, I'm like, what's what's going on? I'm going back. I'm reverting back to how I was, even though I'm teaching all these people how to how to get fit. So, and I realized, oh man, jujitsu was was a huge part of my own personal fitness. So I, I started running. Um, I hate, I absolutely hate running, but you know, I was like, I gotta, I gotta break up the rhythm because working out at working out and doing mm-hmm. virtual training at home, I got all the weights and everything that I need here. But you know, after all all day of doing that and talking about all that all day, I'm just like, oh man, I, I can't, I, I I gotta get my own space. So. You know, running, running's been one. Uh, my son, he just turned seven not too long mm-hmm. ago. So I thought, okay, this is the perfect time for him and my wife. They, you know, I got them geese and I was like, all right, I'm going to teach you guys. I got, I got mats here and, you know, start, uh, start honing my skills as like, you know, instructing them and getting them to some basics. And, uh, you know, my, my little girl who she's three, so she's kind of looking at that and, you know, hopefully, you know, she has, 
well, she's got no choice. I guess she's got to do it. You know, <laughs> she's got to do it. She's got to do it. You know, so yeah. <laughs> Hey, I love it. I love it. And I tell people all the time, like, I would really yeah. tell people, be open on doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. Because, like, I've got a friend of mine, he uh, actually was trained in Brazil on how to do Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. And I tell people all the time, I'm like, man, think of it like when you go in the military. And you're not lifting weights when you're doing these boot camps and stuff. Like, they're literally putting you on body weight workouts because – Right. Where, where, where they're taking you, basically, you ain't going to be able to have a gym somewhere. So you're going to have to learn how to survive on your own. And one thing I always – the one thing that always made me want to get stronger and bigger than than I was was my dad. And <laughs> I always wanted to be strong enough so I could power my dad. If I proved that I could power my dad, I, I had succeeded because my dad, he was in the military. So he knew things – right. My dad wasn't the strongest person, but my dad was smart and he knew like pressure points to your body. And that's one thing he told me that they taught him in boot camp was like fighting is fighting is literally overdone. (laughs) It's old news. You ain't trying to break your hand hitting somebody else. So like he would pressure, he would just like tap little parts (laughs) of my body and I would just shut down, fall to the ground easily. And it was just like it pissed me off so bad because, dude, sometimes I was like, you know what, I could, I could slam my dad. I know doggone well I could slam my dad. I just slammed this guy, whatever. And I would go and mess with my dad and be like, yeah, you ain't gonna put me down to the ground today. And I would like sometimes I'd back, I would like be, be able to push away some of those little pinches that he did to me. But one time <laughs> he got me right in my knee, and I was like, damn it, I don't remember that one. And it just shut me back down. And it's like. Numerous times, it was like a, it was a trial and error game. My dad used to laugh his butt off on me. He still gives me crap to this day because even when I started wrestling, he was like, "Yeah, no matter how many people you can beat down, you'll still never get your old man." And I finally got him because I, because when I started doing wrestling and stuff like that, I had to learn different styles because obviously we worry about characters in wrestling and like, and I was very. I was set on what character I wanted, but I wanted to know what I was going to do with it. So I actually started doing jujitsu and stuff like that just to experience it and stuff like that. And one reason why they put me in it also is so I could actually take a punch to the face and not kill somebody, not like just lose my mind because like that was the hardest thing for me to do when I was a wrestler was starting out was taking a hit to the face and not react. Like when I say react, like literally try to kill him, like literally just go storm at him. You're like, no, nah, man, you got to sit there and take these punches. Like it's like, what? I was yeah, like, man, yeah. I've been trained up forever. Hey, they hit you first, knock their ass out. Like that's how you saw it. It was like, oh man, I got how many punches he supposed to give me? Three. What? And it was like when I started doing the jujitsu ordeal, I was yeah, like, yeah. man, I didn't have no damn choice. These boys were stretching me all over the place. And like how you said, a 150-pound guy, it was a dude who was like maybe, I guarantee you, maybe 120. And I was – I take pride where I was. I was at 185, pretty good leaned out and everything like that. And I was like, man, all right, let's see what these little kids can do to me. And this one guy, 120 pounds – 
felt like I was fighting a 250-pound guy. Like, this dude weighed me down. I couldn't move. My arm was all the way to my back. I feel like I could have scratched my neck the way he had my arm. And I'm just sitting there, I'm like, how am I supposed to get out of this? <laughs> like, 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 I was like, and then I was like telling myself, like, this 125, this 120 guy is kicking my like it's like what and it was just like I, I and i told the guy that was doing the class i was like you know what i i figured this out he's like what did you figure out? i was like it ain't about weight it dang sure ain't about just how big you could be to just charge at somebody now he's like you want you figured it out and i kept mm-hmm. doing more and more but it actually got me to become a way better of a wrestler in ways too because i didn't do wrestling in high school because the reason why yeah. I tell people all the time now is because I didn't like tights. I didn't yeah, like him that's, wearing that's spandex and saying, stuff. Right? Needless to say, I go and wear long tights in the mat. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, I, I really avoided that very well. So it's like, I learned so many different cycles with that just from doing those little bit of classes was just, right. okay, you know the saying, patience is a virtue. like you were saying like you know i always try to get my friends like none of my friends i don't know none of my close friends have even tried a class you know it took my wife 10 years for her to like all right you know what i'll give this i'll give this thing that you're doing Mm -hmm. a try right and you know the biggest thing there the biggest thing that i get from it is and like you you probably get this you probably got this too while you're while you're pro wrestling but you know people are very like homophobic about it right they're just like well i don't want some other dude sweating on me on top of me and you know like put him yeah. between my legs like that's kind of weird right and i'm like look man <laughs> when you someone's about to like choke you out like that is the furthest thing from your mind right now <laughs> you know what i mean like yeah yeah <laughs> Yeah, you know, there's other you things to worry about, about than like, oh, does this look, right right? Does this look weird? Does this look home? Like, look, man, it's like that is you're just like, man, I need to get this guy off me, right? And you know, it's it's that that for me is like the biggest hurdle. And like, mm-hmm. you know, did you ever like run into that yourself when you're when you're pro wrestling? People are like, oh, whoa, that's kind of weird. Oh. Oh. The biggest uh, thing, like like I told you, was me worried about getting yeah. punched in the face. I also had learned what uncomfortable was. And I learned that very young age with my dad. Like I tell people all the time, my dad really, he was an ass to me in ways, but he made me prepare myself to where I am. And like you could say the meanest thing to me and I could laugh at it because I, my dad done it before. And I was like, my dad he hit me more of a psychological way than anyone else could. Like I could laugh if anybody say, Hey man, you're a stupid retard. And I'll be like, okay, you want to come back better with the next one? Like literally that's just how my dad was. And like, I didn't understand when I was little about how my dad did, but my dad raised me up to basically show, Hey, <laughs> take tough love. Like you're going to have to learn how to be mm-hmm. in areas where you're not uncomfortable. Like you're not comfortable at all times because if you're too comfortable, you ain't going to know what to do with it. And and it, and you'll get bored with it in ways. And, like, those things are what I learned in wrestling, too. Because, you know, if you think about it, some of these matches that I would jump off out in and out of the ring, <laughs> would Warren Marlow do that? Probably not. <laughs> you can't think about that. You just got to go. Like, the more you think about it, you ain't going to do it. 
So it's like those moments is just like, hey, if it's going to have to take you to close your eyes and fly, well, guess what? One, two, three, go. There ain't no second <laughs> take in it with all this crowd looking at me. Uh-uh. They ain't paid money to watch me think about it and they go three times and be like, yeah, I'm not going over the top rope. <laughs> yeah, that wouldn't be good in backstage. That's for sure. <laughs> so you had to learn for sure. what uncomfortable was first before anything else. And it was like, I took cycles to get that built up. And it, and that's one good story I love to always tell is like where <laughs> how uncomfortable you had to be being wrestling because like you would get some jokes at you like the way the world is now and how touchy-feely everybody is now. And I tell people all the time, I was like, you wouldn't last in wrestling. You would not last in that background, period. Like, if that hurts your feelings, don't even think about considering this. Like, that's insane. Like, I tell people all the time, like, if you can't take critiqueness to a level 100, don't yeah, even think and, about trying to You know, to whether it's like, like whether it's wrestling or jiu-jitsu or business – like it's not easy. Like it's it's never gonna be like rainbows and unicorns, right? Like it's 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 tough, and you're gonna get you're gonna get no's. Like during this whole pandemic, I I was cold calling companies, and I was like, man, I haven't done this in so long to try to get some business. The amount of no's you get, or you know this or that, mm-hmm. and like you know all that stuff is like it's it's tough. It's it's tough. Like it made me like it made me like during that whole month where I'm just like nonstop calling companies trying to make connections with people. Man, it it made me like depressed. I was like, "Oh man, am I not good? Am I do? Am I? Is this like? Is this like not for me? Yeah. Is this is there something wrong with what I'm doing?" And like, you know, is but just like kind of cycling through. I was like, "Oh, you know what? I've been here before. Like, I, I can work through these nos." And you know, you you can just try to change your mindset a little bit, right? It it really like what you were saying before about being nice, right? Being nice, even being nice to yourself and saying, "You know what? I'm I I tried today. I made my." 10 20 calls today tomorrow i'll try and it's funny like because as soon as i as soon as i i changed that mindset I like a whole month of like a whole bunch of no's the next month those some of those no's started calling me back saying hey you know what i want to do this i want to do that i want to do this program I'm like oh man this is great and it's uh you know you know part of it is like being nice staying positive staying in the game right and continuing to work at whatever you're doing you know, whether you're working for somebody else or working for yourself or trying to trying to learn something new is it's, mm-hmm. you know, you got to find out what works for you. Like I, I strive for, I strive for those aha moments with my clients. My company's called Remix My Fitness for a reason, because I don't feel like there's one way to train, eat or live. And there is something out for everybody, right? Like there are people who love going to the mm-hmm. gym. So that's great. Right. And but I think people get stuck thinking like I can only get into the best shape if I go to the gym or if I run a treadmill or if I do this class. But that is totally not mm-hmm. true, right? If you if you look at any like I always tell people like look at a sport that you like, right? If you like running, look at a sprinter, look at a marathon runner, look at whoever. That's how you want to live. That's ideally like how you may end up looking like right like at the end at the end game of things if you like going to the gym and building muscle like look at fitness models and there's all kinds of fitness models out there right like we're talking bodybuilders we're talking like calisthenics we're talking a uh, classic style we're talking bikini models right that's what you be, should be looking for but i mean like if you like boxing right or if you like dancing 
Like there are classes and things like that you can do on your own, right? Like you, you don't have to go to a gym because the essence of it is as long as you eat mm-hmm. less, you move more, you're going to lose weight. If you eat more and you lift heavy, you're going to gain weight. But I think everybody knows that. But how are you going to get there? What are you going to do so that you can actually do those things? I think that's the hardest part, right? And that's what makes people uncomfortable. They're unwilling to try other things because they're like, oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if that's going to work for me or not. I'm going to do this gym thing that I keep getting a membership for uh, and I keep canceling because I don't, I don't go. I don't go. Right. And that's like, well, you know what? I'm, if, if that keeps happening, it's okay. It's time to try something else. Maybe you go to a Pilates class, a yoga class. Maybe you try a martial arts class. Maybe you try something, rock climbing, whatever, right? Like try something and you, you don't have to be married to it. You know, you're, you're allowed, you're allowed to change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with you on that. I hate cutting on that, but the biggest problem I have with people and the biggest problem I have more than anything is when they say I don't have time. Like when I look at them, I'm like, and I tell them my schedule, I'm like, look, I work at a manual labor job in a warehouse. I'm lifting heavy cases all day. Maybe it based off of production time. So it's like, maybe I could work six hours, seven hours, eight hours, or I maybe could work 13 hours. Mm-hmm. But my biggest main thing is I would go to the gym after because that's just how I was. I would obviously eat something before I go, but that was just how I'm built. Like I've been doing that so regularly for so long. And they're like, I don't know how you do that. I'm like, you just got to go up. You just got to show up. Because obviously if you show up to a gym, you ain't just going to go there and not do anything. Like that would be a waste of a trip. That would be a waste of your gas or anything like that. If people just have that mindset and just show up, you've already been halfway to the process. And that's the one thing I tell people all the time. I was like, when I when I would train clients and stuff, I was like, the only thing I ask you to do is to show up. You show up, you've already succeeded halfway through. And it, it's more easier said than done because a lot of people don't realize that is the main thing to do is just show up it doesn't matter what mindset you are that day or whatever if you show up you're there you you're doing your job and like how you just said you don't have to be love to it but you also got to find loopholes you got to find ways to bring yourself into it obviously let's use the metaphor like smoking a cigarette uh obviously you're not going to just stop smoking cold turkey like right off the first day like you're gonna completely just take the cigarette and not smoke a thing at all in your life that whole day you're gonna be freaking miserable you're gonna lose your doggone mind because you've been doing it for so long so say like how many cigarettes you were smoking a day before you decided to stop you go level down you know what i'm gonna level down to only four cigarettes and then obviously if you continue to do that well then you're like you know what i'm gonna go down to three and then just keep going down more and more. Obviously, you'd be like, you know what? I just saved money. I ain't got to worry about cigarette packs anymore. Like, it's just little things. Like, take little baby steps, but keep continuing to work to them. Like, if you're not going to work to them, guess what? <laughs> those those bad habits, whatever, are going to overcome anything that you're trying to do. And all that hard work you just did, that bad habit just overshadowed it again. And it's waiting on you to pass go on Monopoly again. Hopefully you might 
<laughs> pay an interest to actually try to put a little bit more hard work in. But it's crazy how you said that because it's more said than done for people. Because one thing that that drives me nuts, if I see somebody that's actually made changes to their body and they build muscle, like some like really sk- skinny guys, and they start going to the gym and thing, first thing someone's going to think, oh, man, he's on steroids. Like, no, like think why why say stuff stuff like that like literally if they're changing their body and they're doing hard work whatever how's that the first thing we talk about oh he's on steroids like really like just because you couldn't make your change or whatever you're gonna just sit there and say hey he's on steroids like that's just that's excuses in my book that's excuse to just make yourself feel better about you looking like a plum or something like that it's just stupid things like that just drive me nuts <laughs> like that was one reason i was like you know what like, this personal training ordeal is probably not not good for me anymore like yeah. i did it for maybe two two good summers and stuff like that because obviously in florida because i was working the warehouse ordeal and i would do the personal training on the week because i'd work a weekend shift so i worked three days three long hard days and then for four days off, I would go and do the personal training. I would do, I'll try to train like three or four clients a day. And the, the biggest thing that kept motivating me to keep going is just, even if it was only one out of those three clients that I would train, they would actually see the reasoning for it and stuff like that. And that's why it actually kept pushing me to keep going better and better more and more every time. And the one reason why I started, started doing it was because my mom, she has bad neck issues and stuff like that. And they've all told her numerous times, Hey, you can't go to a gym. Basically you can't work out or whatever. And the one reason why I started doing personal training was to learn how to train my mom, learn how to actually where I could do stuff with her to actually help her lose weight. Because my mom is probably one of the most active people I know, but with her having so many, I call her the human terminator. Like that girl's got so much robotic body parts in her body. Now it's just metal in there. Bless her heart. If we ever go on a plane, that metal detector, we tell them first at hand, Hey, she's going to sound that, that, that metal detector off. And they're going to sit there and tell her, Hey, keep walk through. And then they'll act shocked when she sets the thing off. And I'm like, man, can y'all do something? I'm going to embarrass her. Like it's just those little things. It's amazing. And that's what pushed me was just to make a change just for that one person. And and like I said, it's more said than done because people find excuses what not to do, what not to do. And I say yeah. and I tell people to begin with is if you're going to find an excuse, don't show up. Don't do it. If you if you're going to find an excuse to make yourself feel better, don't do it. Like it, it's not for everyone, obviously, but when you see people making results and stuff like that, and then you want to just sit there and just say, "Oh, he's on steroids." Oh, he's no, for he's sure. Doing back burners or <laughs> you know what like people that. don't realize is like you, you it's not go. like you <laughs> take steroids and then all of a sudden tomorrow you're you're jacked, right? Like, yeah, you have to work double work. Like I tell people all the time, like if you're taking steroids, guess what? If it's not like you can just put that yeah. needle in you, put those pills in your body, and it's yeah. like, boom, you're going to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger. Sure. No, you're going to have to bust your tail to get yourself there. Your eating is going to have to be a level 1,000. Like I, That's one thing I researched so much for when I first started working out because I was like, what about steroids? Like, What what's the what was the positive things of it? Because I would see – because like how you said like, – like how I told you, I was a professional uh-huh. wrestler. 
I was all about wrestling for so long. And they kept saying steroids, steroids. And I was wondering what it was. And I was like, look, I ain't never going to have to worry about that because I don't even like shots. Like, that ain't happening. And then I found out there's pills and stuff like that. I was like, okay, what's the difference between this and that? And it was just like so many things. I was like, are we really mad at somebody for taking steroids? Because sure. technically you have to double what the heck you would do as a regular person. <laughs> <laughs> like, I was like, do you really need to punish them for steroids? Is that really an advantage? Like, you're really going to be miserable. Like, I read the side effects and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, you have to take a lot of sacrifices for this because you got to put like nine different things in your body to make sure those steroids yeah, don't mess you like, up. Once you're, once like, you're on it, like, like that's, that's pretty much it. Sure you're going to have to kind of be on it for the rest of your life, right? Your, your body stops producing the testosterone um, at, that, at that same level, right? And and obviously mm-hmm. some people have it worse than others, but you know, I, I know some people who are, I wouldn't say they're sterile now, right? But they they when they go off of it is it's like it's not it's not good news you know you know so like yeah you know people people saying like oh they're on steroids or whatever like it's 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 it's, (laughs) like it's still a lot of work you know for me it's it's always whenever i consult with somebody and particularly with guys right like i think i think you know i would love to kind of hear whether it's the same thing or not but you you sit down with somebody and they you sit down with a guy and like to me it's it's always two two things that they want want a big chest you know they want a muscular chest and they want they want arms right they want those two they want those two things and one of my one of my things that always they always tell me is hey jimmy uh i want to i want to get like a big chest and you know when i get a six pack i want to get i want to get awesome arms but you know i don't want to look like those guys in the magazine And 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 in my mind i think to myself how dare you how dare you even compare yourself to someone in a magazine like, do you think that you can get to that point? Like, that person in the magazine is like one in a thousand people to be to be on there himself or herself, right? Like, do don't compare. Exactly. That's yeah. like saying with women, like, hey, like, I want to start you know, working out, but I want to get buffed. Yeah. Like, it's like what? Like, you're not going to use anything to get buffed lifting weights. Like, and I tell people all the time, like, man, yeah. if you want a good fat burner. Women have to lift weights. Like you have to lift weights. Cardio is not your st- is not the the key to losing weight. It's not at all. I said in ways that's actually to build weight. I was like, if you think of it, a sprinter, a great example. I learned this in college. This soccer player, like soccer, out of it. And I actually know. Let's use an example: tennis. A tennis player. A tennis player could out squat a football player in times because just the running they have to do. So obviously you have to work your lower body more than anything. And like, I've seen tennis players look stronger, lower body wise than football player, basketball player, stuff like that. And it was like, and I was, I, I was blown away when I was in school. Cause I, cause I, mm-hmm. I came from a school that was literally like, Hey, you lift weights, you get big. That, that's how it was. No difference or butts. So I went to college and I'm sitting there thinking like, a tennis player, like you ain't going out squat nobody. And this dude put on four thirty, and like it was like a bag of chips, and just ate on. Like I was just blown away. I'm like, and you play tennis? They're like, man, you don't know about the sport then, because it was like yeah. the runners, their legs are insanely big, like sprinters, any of them. Like they're the ones that are doing their leg workouts, and that's one thing I preached so long was okay. 
upper body is good and all. Yeah, that's nice to see. Obviously, you want the six-pack and ways. Yeah. But the lower body is where the weight's going to come for shorter people like me. And then I got obsessed with doing lower body workouts. And that's actually the best thing I love to do now is more mm-hmm. lower body than I do upper body. Like, those are where you get your results in ways. And that's one reason why I like to do kettlebells. I do it now. It's because you work everything. It's not like there's one particular workout. <laughs> well, that's why I love it, man. Just it's like one it's, body part. It's, uh, it works everything. You use it like a traditional <laughs> weight, but you know more than more than likely you 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 don't right. You snatch with it, you swing with it, you clean and press with it. You can come up with all kinds of crazy moves with it, and uh, yeah, you know they're 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 all over my place. You know, we, you know, going back to your comment about women and lifting, and it, it's true. My my wife is like 110 pounds. She's like a a petite a petite lady, and you should see the amount of weight she can like swing, press, snatch with. Like you wouldn't believe it because she just she just looks so small, right? You would you wouldn't think of it, but you know, anytime somebody says, "Oh, you know," and especially females, they say, "Oh, I don't, I don't want, I don't want to get bulky and things like that." Well, I was like, "Look at my wife. Like, does she look bulky to you?" You know, like, you know, I know, I me and her when we stand beside each other, we're like polar opposites, right? Because I'm. I'm I'm still pretty thick, right? And she's she's so small, and we we're doing the same moves, we're doing the same exercises, right? And she's always trying to lift heavier and heavier every time. She's always trying to catch up to me. So I, you know, I always get a little worried, right? I was just like, oh man, what if she does catch up to me? And my ego's just like, all right, I gotta start <laughs> lifting heavier too. So, uh... <laughs> <laughs> my wife can't lift heavier than me. <laughs> Yeah, oh yeah, for sure. That's man. a good way tons, to push like, yourself too. I love the fact we, that y'all uh, work out together. We started that's, like I was always really like good. I said, always into working out. Even since I was a young kid, like I was one of those, I was really one of those fat kids that was like, oh wow, this guy's kind of like flexible and he's kind of strong and you know, uh, for for that fat kid. And so because I knew everything, I just I just couldn't get my diet together. Uh, you know, working at the working at my parents' store, like we had access to like chips and all kinds of patties and mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff like that. So, you know. Uh, but, uh, you know, uh, so you know, my wife and I, when we, when we got together, we, you know, we started working out, I started showing her, you know, she was like one of the first people like, Oh, what do you know about working out? Right. Like, I was like, I know, I know something. And, uh, you know, we've been working out ever since, uh, we still continue to, we continue to work mm-hmm. out together. Our kids see us working out together. So hopefully, hopefully, you know, that kind of triggers in their mind, like, Oh, okay. You know, working out is good. Working out is cool. You know? So, you know, seeing I, my, my son right now, I, I teach him some very basic like lifts and he lifts, you know, the lighter kettlebells and things like that. I'm like, OK, he's got good form so far. Um, and, uh, you know, it's 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 fun to see and something for me to like be able to pass down to, to my kids, because the things that I know now, like all the fundamentals I know now was I give I give all praise to my my gym teacher back when I was 16 years old, when I first went into the weight room i was like whoa what's this i think this is for me you know i started benching and squatting and learning all the basics of it and how to squat how to bench how to use machines all this stuff like that has not changed right so i have all my fundamentals from that from that year from that moment i have that all still with me and it's something that i still teach i get paid to do i love doing and something i can hopefully pass on to to my kids because i think it's I think it's just valuable to 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 know. Yeah, I totally agree. And honestly, like I love going back to the professional wrestling thing. It helps build character. Like it helps you it helps push you to your absolute limits in ways like when you go to the gym, like obviously 
there's always going to be something you're never going to know in the gym. And like when you when you hit it, and you're like, oh wow! Like it shot you. Like you you just sit there and be like, man, I've been doing it for this amount of years so far, and I didn't realize that way. Like there's just always something new about the gym in ways. And like how you said with exactly. kettlebells and stuff like that. <laughs> about ten years ago, you wouldn't even know what the heck the kettlebells were. Like literally, we all thought about dumbbells. Like dumbbells, obviously, they've been out for so long. The barbell's been out for so long. But literally, when I got out of college, when I started going and do college work and stuff, I kind of alienated myself right. from doing barbell because I was just like, you know what? I don't really care for it. Like, everybody, everybody would tell me, oh, man, you got to do bench. You got to do this. I was like, why? I said, form-wise, right. dumbbells would be so much better for you because at least I know this thing ain't going to crush my chest. Like, literally, it's going side to side. I could throw it, whatever. And it was just like I had to get out of these mindsets on a little bit of things. And I was like, I built myself up to figure out more knowledge on working out because, like I said, there's you'll never know everything about a gym. And, like, obviously the world now is we got CrossFit and we got this new where everybody's just like, hey, we ain't got to look super buff, <laughs> but we also can have look like superheroes when we do CrossFit. And I'm just sitting like, oh, my gosh, here we go with this like, I'm not knocking anyone that does CrossFit, but, like, if you look at results on stuff like this, they'll tell you all the time, man, it, it causes way too many injuries. Like, it's it's really – like, like literally, you'll get more injuries doing CrossFit than you would play football. Like, it's crazy on these mentalities on stuff like that. And it's and it just amazes me how we, we treat this generation now where we're like, oh, man, we got to do it this way. I don't like it this way. I want to do CrossFit. And I'm like, do you really think you built up for that? Do you really think you're going to do good with that? They do the first class. And I'm like, <laughs> yeah, I ain't doing that. I'm going to go back to the gym and just do squats. Like, <laughs> they were trying to have me do chin-ups or whatever. It was like, uh-uh, not, not working. <laughs> like, I, it's crazy. Like, I would laugh sometimes with some people. because I, I, And I'd usually not, like, put people down or whatever but it's just it amazes me what people feed into and it's just like oh i could do that and i'm like they do it one day and they're like yeah i'm done with this like i ain't doing this like absolutely not and i'm just sitting there i'm like you're not gonna get it over one day you're not gonna be a brazilian jiu-jitsu master in one day you're not gonna be a professional wrestler in one day like you got to keep continuing to go Keep working with it. Keep going. Don't just go one or two. Look, I've been I've been doing yeah. jujitsu for like 12, Nothing. 13 years now, and definitely still I don't feel like I don't feel like I I still feel like I I, I need to learn more, you know. And uh, you know, I uh, was able to thankfully obtain my my black belt a couple years ago. Mm -hmm. But as my uh, as my instructor always always says, uh, you know, a black belt is a white belt who never quit. And I really feel that way about it because now that I'm now that I'm a black belt. Like, it's like, okay, well, now what's my motivation? You know, for most people, the motivation is, okay, I'm going to go from white. I want to get my next belt. I want to get my stripes and this and that. But mm -hmm. when you're a black belt, then now what? Like, there are no other really like, yeah, sure, you get a couple stripes on your belt, but that's it. Like, that's where you, that's, that's where you're going to do it. It's right now. It's like, then it's like, okay, is this something that I, something that I'm passionate about? Is something that I, that I want to continue to do? And it's, for me, it is, right? Like, I have I have not cared about whatever's on my waist. In fact, it's it's more pressure for me. Like I, you know, like I want to sometimes just go and I want to I want to roll 
and you know spar with people just for fun right like just just for fun but you know people want to test themselves right they're like oh wait look at this guy he's a black belt i'm a blue belt let me see where i'm at with that and it's like a world championship role right i'm just like oh man it's like this that is not this is not what i wanted to do but of course i got my own personal ego going on i'm like all right i can't, I can't show can't this guy show me up or whatever right so you know you 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 go for it. you go 100 percent you know and um i'll be i'll be 40 next year and i think okay you know i don't have that much more time where i can go 100 percent like this where i can hang with like i still hang with like the young guys right like mm-hmm. the young competitors who are hungry to do this and i love rolling with them because one i get uh i get a good butt whooping from them you know they're lower belts than i am but you know, you like you were saying, like nobody really knew what jujitsu was and MMA was, UFC was a couple of years back. Here, like, you know, I think I think people kind of knew already. Like we were already kind of big into it for a little bit. But um in terms of like the schools that were open, the lessons that were open, for us from when I first started, it was like a wild west, right? It was a little corner of a gym, of a Muay Thai gym. And now schools of just jujitsu are opening up, right? I'm sure for you out in Florida, I know yeah. there's a couple great gyms over there. Uh, not a couple, a lot of great gyms over there. And there's a program now. So these guys who are coming up in this program are so good. They have their fundamentals down. And there is like an avenue to make money doing jujitsu. Like you you could technically be a full-time jujitsu guy and you know and, and get paid a decent salary if you keep winning. So there's motivation now. So a lot of these young guys that are coming up now, they're like, man, they're so good. They're so good. They humble me every time. And but also I like to like to think like, okay, I hang with these guys. They're not like they're not crushing me. Like I'm not, I'm, I, I don't, I don't feel like I'm getting murdered right now. You know, so I'm like, okay, I can still hang with these guys. And I, I want to continue to do so. You know, you made that, you made that comment about you and your, you and your dad, right? Like, you know, I, you're telling that story. I couldn't help but think about myself and, and my son It's just for him. Like every chance I get, I try to tackle him on the floor. Right. I'm like, all right, what are you going to do? Right. And just kind of give, give him a little bit of a hard time, hard time to do it. And mm-hmm. a hard, a hard time to, uh, a little bit of a hard time and my wife my wife you know gives me a hard time about giving him a hard time but you know that's i uh... it, it builds character on it it does build characters and it's like like i would use say like in wrestling like when we want to build up for a championship match obviously in wwe and stuff like when you see these interviews when they sit there and tell you hey what was the what was the most achievement thing you said obviously it's not winning the title it's defending it and obviously when you win the title you're only halfway there like literally yeah yeah, you work yourself up to get a title but it's that chase like it's a build-up for it so that's where the meaning comes into it so say like if you have a guy that literally is scratching clawed from the bottom all the way up to win this belt it means more than a guy oh he just slams somebody two or three times and boom, he wins the match. No, it's the chase, the work for it. That's how I used it with my dad was like, you know what? That one day I get you, even if it's like you're on a cane and in a wheelchair. I don't care. That one day I get you, that's my championship. That is what I strive for. Like, I joke with him on it, but like, that is like how I told him, like, that would be my defining moment. It's just I can get him that one time. I was like, I don't care if you're in a stretcher or wheelchair or whatever. I'm going to get you that one time. Like, that's all I need. And it's just like that championship moment. And 
it means a lot to you and it strives you to keep pursuing and doing more to get there. And it's like, I, yeah. I laugh at it now. It's like, man, I did all that just to chase down a, yeah. almost a 50 year old man now. So like, like, like that's how you see it. Like yeah. my dad literally like in his fifties now. And I, and I did all this to chase him. Like, it's like, uh, sure. you know what? I, you know, I, 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 I can't had wait until my son surpasses me, but I also, I, uh, I am not looking forward to it, you know, as well. Like, you know, you know, we'll, we'll fool around and, you know, things like that. I'd be like, Oh dad, I'm so good at jujitsu. I'm so much better than you. I'm like, uh-huh. Uh-huh. You know? And I just like, in my mind, I'm like, all right. I'm like, at what age, at what age do you think he'll get me at? And I'm like, I'm gonna make sure that doesn't happen. And I, I you know, I joke around with him. I was like, you know what? Like, yeah, you're 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 not bad for a seven year old. You're not bad for a seven year old. You still got a lot to learn. I said, but you should never catch me. You'll never catch your dad. You know, I said, I don't care if I'm in my 80s. I said, like, you will not catch me. I will. I will always. I will always be number one. <laughs> you know, and uh, and I wonder. I wonder, you know, my wife will give me a hard time. She's like, oh, you're putting so much pressure on him. I'm like, I'm not putting pressure on him. I just, uh, you know. Just kind of light, light something in him, and uh, I want. I guess what you're kind of saying, like you know, when he does get me, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure that's going to be like a very good moment for him, and uh, the build up to it, you know, this years, you know, hopefully many, many years. Yeah, yeah. You know, like I had that. Like I used to, I used to arm wrestle my dad a lot, and like he'd always crush me, even in my, even when I was in my twenties. You know, he, he had that kind of like classic old man strength. You know, just lifting boxes and just manual labor like his whole life right like i'm just like this mm -hmm. you know you know somewhat privileged kid who you know got to live in a home and didn't have you know of course i had to work but you know i didn't have to do like so much manual labor like he did but you know i'm wrestling i was in my like mid-20s and i still couldn't beat him and my sister would always laugh and be like oh look at you you know, you go to the gym, you talk about how much you bench, how much you squat, but you can't beat an old guy in an arm wrestling match, right? So it kills me, man. It kills me. It does. It does. I'm just like, oh, man. So it, it kills your uh, I, remember I finally got to a point where I was like, oh, I think I can beat my dad. But my mom actually pulled me aside and she was just like, she's like, don't. She's like, don't do that. She's like, don't beat him in an arm wrestling match. Um, and she was kind of like just bringing it down to me about like how like in our culture, you know, like it's something like you like if you know if you know an older person could beat you and so if you know you could beat some an older person, you still let them win. And she was like, you know, it's about like respect and things like that. And I was like, okay, that's cool. But I'll make sure that that never happens with my son and I. Like I I I want to know. I want to know exactly when at what point he gets me and like you know. I was telling him, like, you give your hundred percent, and I, I said, I promise you, I'll give you mine, until, until, until the day that you can get me. Then, then, then we could maybe start talking. <laughs> yeah, I love it, Jimmy. I, I hate to do this, man, but yeah, it is almost that wrap up time. Um, it was a great chat with it. you today, man. That was, this was really, this was really fun. I love it because I can relate to so much of what you said, like with with your son and stuff like that. That's how I went with my dad. Obviously, with my son right now, I can't be like that with him in ways because my son's uh, -huh. uh he's got very special needs and stuff like that, like bone wise and everything like that. I can't stretch him like a pretzel <laughs> in ways, but my dad, my my boy, he amazes me how hard he could hit. And one time I. And he watches me do these wrestling videos, and he would watch some of my matches, and he would look at me and go, Daddy, I could hit him <laughs> harder than you. Like, like I could hit him. 
more than you and stuff like that. I can knock you out higher than you can. Like it was just sitting there and I'm like, oh man. Like, <laughs> and I thought it was sometimes work roughhousing with him. He's like, uh uh-uh, uh, no. <laughs> yeah, sure. But Jimmy, um, do you want to plug yeah. in your your podcast, um, your social media accounts, I appreciate, I appreciate. and your Look, gym and stuff, I am man. not a hard and man to find. You, know, you, you, up for y'all you Google Remix My Fitness. You can find my podcast, Remix My Fitness. You can find my uh, website, Remix My Fitness. Uh, I'm on all that social stuff. I'm not. I'm not very big on social um, right now, but I, you know, I love getting DMs. People DM me all the time on Instagram or Facebook. Those are the main two on LinkedIn. Uh, remix my fitness like i said not not a hard man to find so if you want to connect connect with me that way and uh i would most happy to connect with you as well i don't problem anytime hey i'm happy i appreciate you doing this man and you are more than welcome (laughs) to ever join back on here man you just let me we will set it up this was awesome let's do it and I definitely would love to do another one with you just talking about Brazilian jiu-jitsu because it is so hard to find people that would that actually had that that mindset for it because it's a it's a tough gig to get into and people don't realize yeah it's an adrenaline rush in ways but <laughs> you hey, find the, a pride and it actually gives you a and, hot uh, button real you quick know, and anybody out there who's thinking of you know, doing anything like that, whether it's pro wrestling, regular wrestling, judo, whatever, right? Like, just honestly, just try it. Just try it. There's, there is nothing wrong with just trying it and then being like, oh, you know what? I don't like it. Then at least, you, at least you know you cross that off. I'll cross that off your list. And most of these places, they don't even charge yeah. you the first, the first class or two. At least, at least here in in Toronto, like everyone's giving giving stuff away for free. Like, what's 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 the risk in that, right? Like, there is no risk. I I find so. Well, yeah, Warren, I appreciate you yeah. having me on the show. It's been amazing. I would love to do it again. You hit me up anytime, um, and uh, we can we can do this again for sure. I will definitely jot it down, and I will send you the message, and we will get it going. Thank you, you too, but sir, and have a good one. And, it's time uh, to wrap it up, and I hope you have a great day, my friend. Thanks, man. You too. All right, time to get to go home. First and foremost, I'd like to thank Jeremy, Kim, for coming on here today. Just having a good chat with us. Man, what a what a milestone for Jimmy, man. All those accolades, all those jobs, just to stay busy and keep going and just be able to progress stuff and obviously look at stuff to help him financially and stuff like that. And that's awesome. I mean, that's really cool. I mean, I remember I always said in wrestling, was always a trial and error and jimmy is a great example of trial and errors man like just keeps progressing keeps wanting to learn more stuff and just keep looking at newer newer options and newer things like you can't that mindset is just unparalleled flat out unparalleled uh thank you i just hope everyone enjoyed this i i had an absolute blast with it um I will definitely be in the works with talking to Jimmy again, and we'll chop it up again, talking about Brazilian, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. I would look so forward to that one. Uh, I know that would definitely be a really good one, uh, knowing that he's still on lockdown in Canada. Uh, hope his family and him just keep keep doing what they can, and hopefully they'll be opening back up again soon. And Everything outside of the U.S. will be up and running again. Uh, so, like, let that be a lesson for everybody. Like, 
we need to be appreciative of what we got because people in Canada, England, all this stuff outside of the United States is still on lockdown, people. Still on lockdown. People overseas, all these places are still on lockdown. Could y'all just imagine that? Like, this would be almost two years right now that we are on lockdown. So, I mean, just be very appreciative. And I know we don't like wearing the mask. Uh, but I mean, it's either the mask or what we had to deal with. Like I, I probably would say what we got right now is a blessing because it is hard to keep going when you're just basically at home. Period. <laughs> Period. All right, guys. I hope everyone enjoyed this. I hope everyone has a good weekend. Um, was just a good time. I hope. Everyone, everyone has a safe Mother's Day. Have a good Mother's Day. Have a good, safe weekend. Um, And that's about it, guys. I appreciate everybody listening. And stay tuned every Friday. We will have a newer episode for everyone. But we're going to end it off like we always do. I hope everyone washes their hands. Stay safe. Stay clean. Do what you got to do. Protect what you got. And I will be back when I have more down the road. Later. How's it going, everyone? Warren Marlow off of Buzzing with Marlow. If you haven't, I know with any platform that you are on, uh, to keep having us grow more and more, uh, we are so grateful that we've gotten an iHeartRadio gig. We would like everyone to like, subscribe, and just add our channel. It helps us keep growing more and more. Also, leave a five-star review. Uh, leave reviews. Um, what we also do is post little messages. Leave us some messages of what, how y'all think about each episode. What y'all, what y'all got out of it? What, what do y'all want us to talk about? What do you want us to kind of get the topics on a little bit? I mean, it's anything and everything. So, like I said, everyone, please like and subscribe on any platform that you are listening to us on. We greatly appreciate it. Also, stay tuned every Friday for Buzzing with Marlo. Thank y'all and have a blessed day. Thank you.